Welcome to the eighth episode of the Facilitator M podcast. This podcast has been created to host discussions of relevance to global partner M's in phase four and five fields. <clears throat> My name is Christy Van Steenberg. I serve in Central America, specifically helping with amplifying leaders. I'm honored to be your host for this time today that we'll be spending together. Today we'll be talking about our mental and emotional health during the holidays and as we prepare for 2021. The M life is always faced with some sort of transition, unmet expectation and or change. However, 2020 has been a year unlike any other. We have been a part of watching many unwanted changes happen. There has been more grieving than normal. Expectations seem to, to need adjusting on a daily basis and the year has been full of disappointments. As we celebrate this Advent season with expectation of the only thing that never changes, God's love, it may be more important than ever before that we spend some time focusing on our mental and emotional health. Today, we are honored to have Rod and Nancy Zottarelli joining us. Rod and Nancy served in Indonesia for five years with Mission Aviation Fellowship since and since 2015, Rod and Nancy have been a part of Global Partners Wellness Team. Rod is a counselor and a therapist. He is officially halfway through his doctorate in clinical psychology. Yay. Nancy is certified through the American Association of Christian Counselors. Together, they serve the M's in Asia, Africa, Caribbean, Carib Atlantic, and Ibero-American areas. It's my privilege to welcome you, Rod and Nancy, to the Facilitator M podcast. Thank you, Christy. And we are glad that you are able to facilitate this after your exciting last week. Oh, thanks. So it's been a wild year and you've seen lots of changes yourselves, but you've watched M's all over the globe go through lots of different things. So I think there's this weird question that we kind of know the answer to, but are we ever going to get back to normal? Well, we keep hearing that word over and over again as we get closer to the new year and there's this anticipation that with a new year, maybe with a new president, maybe with a new, 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 whatever, that we're going to get back to normal. But I, I asked the question, do we want to get back to normal, meaning the way that things were? Um, or, you know, should we, should we be yearning for that? Or is there something better? Um, and how does wishing that things were back to the way they were affect our mental health. I think those are really, really big questions now. Um, I think it's hard to process loss. And you mentioned all of the changes in grieving and loss that, that um, this year has represented both um, in concrete ways, family members, uh, so many people have, have been lost to COVID, plus the loss of freedom and the loss of being able to do a lot of our ministries. There's a lot of stuff to process and it's hard to process when we wish that things were back the way they were and uh, rather than uh, being ready to move forward. So I think that um, the word disappointment is a word to pay attention to because sometimes I don't know that we always know what, what we've lost, mm -hmm. what to grieve. But I think when we feel like, um, we're disappointed that something is no more or no longer, then that's a good word to key into maybe to help us realize that this is a new normal or. Um, it's just the way things are gonna be for now. 
disappointment upon disappointment. Right, and so to normalize um, things rather than looking for normal, it's probably healthier to normalize things. So um, we were chatting about this last week and we have this crazy cat and we rearranged our living room in order to have a place to put our Christmas tree. <clears throat> and uh, so we moved our furniture from where it normally is and the cat is lost. All of his normal routines, all his normal paths to get to his happy place in the sun um, has changed and he is upset, to put it nicely. <laughs> But he will normalize and he'll get used to this experience and he'll get used to the paths and his new pathways and the way things are. He may not like it, but he will. And then after a while, come January, we'll change things back and he'll go through a whole time of being angry <laughs> at us again, yeah, again as he gets used to the new normal. And sure. COVID keeps rearranging our living rooms, um, our living rooms of life, our living rooms of service. And uh, these are paths that we have to grieve. <clears throat> Some things may never go back to the way they were. Or, um, maybe things that we discover have changed need to stay that way. Yeah, maybe there's some things that we've put down that we don't need to put back, pick back up. We can let, um, for some countries, some of the nationals have taken over and they're doing an okay job. Maybe it's not the way you would do it, but it's the way they would do it and it's working. So maybe we should just let them do um do it and maybe there's a new ministry that God's calling us to do and that would be the new normal. It's a great time to reassess things and to grieve what we need to grieve and readjust to the constant change around us. Um, but I know when, when this happens, this produces a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And um, I've, I like using the example, uh, many, many maybe have heard me do this already of the coping cup where I would hold the cup up in my hand and say, um, this is our coping cup and we all have our own coping cup, meaning whatever is in that cup, we can cope with. And so everything we have to deal with, whether it be normal uh, things that happen in life, family responsibilities, job responsibilities, everything goes into that cup, raising our kids. And as long as we keep the level of that stress below the level of the the lid of the cup we're okay but what happens is generally in life we tend to run with a level way up at the top and so it doesn't take we don't have any margin it doesn't take much more stress or anything unexpected jumps in that cup and it spills over and we decompensate um, maybe we find ourselves on the floor in the corner of the room crying maybe we get angry uh, maybe we, uh, whatever, different people express that decompensation in different ways. But um, so to monitor, monitor where we are in that cup at any one time is a good coping mechanism, a good way to know um, what we can handle. And maybe there's things in that cup we need to take out as we've been talking about reassessing. Um, it's hard to make the cup bigger. Exercise, spirituality makes the cup a little bigger. Um, medication makes the cup bigger, but it's <laughs> but there's what we're all looking for. Um, so knowing we can't make it bigger really comes down to managing what it is we try to deal with. Uh, we've heard people talk about change of pace and making sure there's yeah, doing some renewal, refocusing. Maybe it's been a good time to set new boundaries with your family or your workload and really good self-care. 
Yeah, I think that's super important during the season, the self-care and sometimes knowing how to self-care can be a challenge as well. Like, um, you know, when my anxiety gets high or, or when there is this really big unexpected, I don't know, surgery or something thrown <laughs> at you, um, how, how do you manage my, how am I aware of, or us as a whole aware of my reactions and, and that it's my cup is being filled up higher. Sure. And that word anxiety is, is a powerful word. You know, words are powerful, but a lot of times we'll throw words around without mm -hmm. really thinking about what their meaning is. Um, and so for anxiety, it's great to be able to do two things when we're feeling anxious. And we may say, I'm feeling anxious or I'm, I'm feeling out of control or just so much anxiety. But, and that feels like this huge mountain um, without quantifying it and qualifying it. So there's two things I would suggest that we do when we're feeling anxious. Um, the first thing is to figure out what the theme of that anxiety is. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, why, you can ask, why am I anxious? And we may not be able to answer that, but we can often answer what the theme of that is. A am I, do I feel like a, a failure in something because I can't get something done or we can't physically do something? Do I feel like... Um, like, like there's insecurity because I'm worried about getting sick or what that all means or getting somebody else, a family member sick. What Trying to think of what the theme is of, of the anxiety is important. And then the second thing is to quantify it. Because if I said, I, I say I'm anxious, I mean, is that big anxious or is that little anxious? Sure. So I recommend using a scale of one to 100 because one to 10 is just not big enough. <laughs> And, and so if you say, boy, I'm so anxious about something, well, is that an 80 or a 90, really? Or, or is it more like a 30 or a 40? Well, if it's a 30 or a 40, I can deal with it a whole lot better than if something is really maxing out the scale at an 80 or a 90. Yeah. And I think being able to communicate that kind of, the theme and that scale thing also is self-advocating, being, you know, saying, I need this help with this. So that's super um, great tool for us to put in our, our tool belt of how to be, take care of ourselves. And I was thinking when you were talking just about the word depression, because I um, had a recent conversation with a, a doctor friend of mine, and she was sharing that that word depression gets thrown around so much that doctors have to be cautious about how serious to take that. And so they've had to add some questions or some other ways to discern the word depression. And is it really where somebody needs that help or is it really just a feeling or an emotion? that could be easily fixed. So is that similar? I would assume that is what you're talking about with yeah. anxiety. Anxiety and depression go hand in hand. They're very similar in root. And so the same thing goes with the, the importance of clarifying those words and not just tossing around while I'm depressed. Um, are you majorly depressed? Like we, you know, there's something that needs to be happened. Do you need to see a doctor, go to the hospital or whatever? Or is it like I have the blues or I'm sad today, I'm feeling depressed. Those are two polar opposite or totally different 
different things. And so it's important that we use words to express how we're feeling um, more specifically than just using big words or, and once again, you can use that same scale to rate depression. Um, and do you, do you have hope in the future uh, versus I have no hope? <laughs> Those are two very, very different things. So yes, words are super important when it comes to this conversation. Yes. When I know around Christmas time in a normal season of life, it's already a season where there is heightened depression and anxiety and whether it's because of family traditions or other things, but now in this season of COVID with higher spikes, um, is there anything tangible that we can do or ways that we can be aware of not just ourselves, but our families and how to help each other out with this? Sure, I think Christmas is a great time to focus on what's important and it's not, you know, all the presents and all the, well, travel, you know, to see all your family is a disappointment this year and to be able to process that, come up with creative ways to, to meet with your family over Zoom and that sort of thing, things we're all used to doing. Um, but to really refocus during Christmas, I love in my mind the scene of a fireplace and a Christmas tree and the scriptures uh, about peace. Mm -hmm. um, and just really taking time to concentrate on the peace and the quiet that is Christmas. I think of a couple of verses, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Peace. And Luke uh, chapter 2, 13 and 14. <clears throat> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Boy, those are opposite concepts from what we're experiencing right now in the States, huh? And John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome COVID. I mean, I have overcome the world. <laughs> Which is COVID. <laughs> oh, there's so much peace in that If we, when we focus on that, that the answers, the end has already been written. We, are, we know the end and God wins. And so is... As we kind of wrap up our time, if you were to give us a couple of um, key tools or things you would want us to focus on as we close out 2020, but look towards 2021, which right now we don't know if it will look any different than 2020 looks, right. you know? So what, what would be a couple things, both you, Nancy and Rod, that you both would have um, that you would want your M's, the M's you work with, to really process and, and take hold of? I think that God is in control. Um, even though we are out of control, we, we, are, we feel more out of control than over our circumstances than ever before. 
Um, I would suggest that we probably were never really in as much control as we thought we were in the first place, but it, it's a feeling and it's, a, and it produces anxiety of, of being out of control, but that none of this surprises God and things will normalize. They may not be the way they were, but things will normalize. And we have the opportunity during this time to be that beacon of peace and hope when the world is just out of control. And I think sometimes to remember that it's in the waiting that God speaks. We need the quietness and the waiting and the uncertainty to just let God's word speak to us. And it's okay to be waiting. You don't always have to be busy and moving, but sometimes it's the waiting that makes us grow. That's right. Wow. Those are powerful things to process. Um, and really to allow God to, to work in the waiting, in the change, and, um, and it with him being in control. Those are all great things for us. Um, as we enter this closing out of Advent season, but beginning a new year um, with maybe not even knowing where we'll be or when we'll be there. and. Um, we truly treasure your wisdom and your time that you took today to share with us. And would you just pray for us before we close out our session? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father God, as we look towards the end of this year and we look towards the Christmas season and celebrating, Lord, I pray that you would bring your peace to our hearts and our minds as we maybe frantically look forward to next year and wonder just what things are going to be like. Father, I pray that you would help us to be able to rest in you and to know that you have not only our best interests, but the best interests of the people we serve in mind, Father. And I pray that you would give us wisdom as we move forward, that you would bring people around us to encourage us, Lord, that we would look to you for that peace, but we would also uh, be in relationship with others as much as is possible as we're isolated and we're forced into um, into the opposite of that, Lord. But you made us for relationships. So I pray, Lord, that you would grant us those relationships that would help us to strengthen us, Lord, and that uh, you would just really meet with us during this Christmas time. Father, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rod and Nancy, for giving us some tangible tools we can use during this season of life and as we enter into 2021. If you want to discuss this further, why not go to the Facilitator M Facebook group and chime in. Until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>